0: Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Dino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today. What was a solid victory? A uh, quiet kind of a day? You didn't really get jumping out of your seats except for maybe the constant flags that took place, particularly in the first half. It got kind of ridiculous, like every other freaking call Every other frickin' play, there was another flag, somebody defensive holding, this, that, this, that. Though some of the calls were accurate, I suppose. But Minnesota wins 20-7 to in a ho-hum, quiet, uh, defensive game over the Detroit Lions. So at the end of the day, the theme is, well, one down, three to go. Because if you're a Minnesota Viking player, Minnesota Viking fan who's serious about making some kind of a run this year, which you might as well do. I mean, your quarterback is playing very well. He wasn't perfect today. He certainly wasn't. He actually had one of those little mental gaffes that didn't end in disaster, thankfully, and just about did. <laughs> Gosh, Bradbury's first NFL reception was because the ball bounced off the Detroit defender into his hands rather than an interception, which could have maybe got Detroit back in the game. That was a scary moment. But uh, no, Kirk Cousins solid today. Um but no if you're serious about making some kind of a run you got to get to 12 and 4. I mean it's plain and simple. Minnesota of course finishing things off and are now 9 and 4. You got the Chargers coming up uh, uh Green Bay and Chicago to wrap up the season. So 12 and 4 is very much realistic if not, you know, pos- uh, if not like, like a guarantee, it's very much realistic. It's a real it's a real chance. I think the Vikings should win both of their home games. They won't be easy. Chicago's surging a bit. Green Bay's always dangerous just because they are, even though they didn't look that good today. But the Vikings didn't exactly look good against uh, Denver or uh, <clears throat> Washington either. So look at it that way. Today, there was never really a doubt that the Vikings were going to win the game. It was just, it got kind of doggone boring. It really did. It was like 7 0 forever. It got real boring. And then things kind of turned up a bit. Uh, obviously Dan Bailey got his 27-yard kick, and he made everything today, he made his extra points, and made a couple of field goals, including a 50 yard, which is nice. That felt good. So, yeah, last week missing the extra point, that was extremely frustrating, making the Vikings have to, you know, push for a touchdown rather than try to tie it with a field goal. But at least you go for the win, because going into OT, I don't know, in Seattle, not easy either. Delvin Cook, of course, he, uh, well, worked on falling the right way, this and that. He was very solid. Uh, he comes out of the game okay. He's not hurt, so that's good, at least not from what we're hearing. 18 carries in the day, 62 yards, about 3.5. He did get in the end zone, never got loose, nor did Madison, but a solid overall day for the offense. Mike Bruin again trying to move the chains a bit, which he did once, but not twice down the stretch, giving Detroit a small glimmer of hope that ended in, well, just not happening. Uh, Vikings almost fumbled away the freaking. Uh, onside kick, though, that was a little scary, the squid kick, onside kick, whatever, after the Lions uh, finally scored their first touchdown very late, Mike Zimmer not happy, Uh, you always hear about the uh, last shutout by the Vikings over Detroit, way back in uh, December 5th, 1993, gosh, that was almost exactly 26 years ago, as today's December the 8th, of course, wow, that's crazy, but it just didn't happen, they bring it up, they bring it up, and then it doesn't happen again, (laughs) that was kind of something, but You almost got the shutout. You feel a lot better after a couple games where the Vikings just gave up yardage after yardage. In fact, it hasn't been a couple. It's been several. Uh, You saw Xavier Rose in one series, out one series, kind of in and out, kind of about 50% of the uh, time, about 50% of the game, Xavier Rose was in there. Uh, He had an ankle injury on um, Harrison Smith's interception. David Blau, not a good pass at all, of course. Not a good game uh, for David Blau. After a promising performance against Detroit, uh, excuse me, against Detroit, against Chicago not too long ago, obviously Thanksgiving Day. That was a pretty good game for uh, David Blow. It's like, yeah, we're going to leave him in versus uh, Driscoll there. As, of course, Stafford with the back issues, probably not going to play again this year just because it's probably they're probably better off. What's the point? I mean, the season's over for Detroit. They've lost their ninth game. The most games they could possibly win are what, they could go 6-9-1, like yay, woohoo! So their, their chances are of making the playoffs are completely kaput. There's, there's no sense in putting your franchise quarterback out there for a potential disaster uh, moving forward. I, that's what I say. Even if it's just something completely different unrelated to the back. I mean, you know, I mean, crazy things happen. Guys roll up on players and bad things happen. It's not worth it in a meaningless game at this stage. There's just nothing impressive about Detroit right now. And, of course, at the same time, you feel... You feel for them a little bit because they've had injury after injury. Like, guys are going down over and over throughout the game. Even Darius Slay was banged up after uh, doing a pretty good deflection on Stefan Diggs, but Diggs also big-time 44-yard reception, which helped get the Vikings their second touchdown. That felt damn good down the stretch. Oh, yes, Uh, Ola B.C. Johnson with his third touchdown reception early on, and then Cook ended up jumping over the pylon rather than kicking it over. He He jumped over it, which is pretty cool. Obviously, so he did clear and did get in the end zone. Got the Vikings up 17-0, and at that point, you pretty much figured that's pretty much it. Uh, Detroit, there's just no way. There's just no way they're going to mount a comeback. Uh, Sometimes it's just, it it felt ultimately like a preseason game to me. David Blow is the guy you're going to see during a preseason game, and maybe once in a blue moon in a regular season game. It's a depleted, banged-up, injured team that probably doesn't want to play for their coach at this point. Probably doesn't. Uh, a defense that's was always talking about bend but don't break with New England. I bring this up every bleep and week. You're probably tired of hearing it. but uh, And it's just broke time and time again. Vikings offense wasn't that impressive today. Detroit's defense actually was okay. They were solid. It just felt like a preseason game today. It really did. You didn't really see the pizzazz and all that that you, that you want to see. You did see it defensively. You did see Daniel Hunter get three sacks in the game, which was awesome. You saw pressure on Blow, but you also saw sacks that probably shouldn't have been sacks if David Blow kind of knew what he was doing out there. You know, like Kirk Cousins, you know, would say, get rid of the damn ball. You're being rushed, get rid of the ball. Just simply throw it away. I'd rather punt than get sacked, this type of thing. I'd rather wind up punting than getting sacked, you know, or incomplete pass moving forward. Maybe it's third and, or, you know, second and, second and six or something. Now it's third and 20, you know, because you just got sacked like a mile back. It's not worth it at all. So just get rid of the ball. Third and six, you still got a chance. Rather than, you know, doing what David Ball did time and time and time and time and time in this game, which cost the Lions dearly. It is what it is. It's lack of experience. He's an adequate quarterback, adequate backup quarterback who might have some promise someday. But it's, I, I don't know. I mean, you don't want to bash in the Lions too much because... Well, I mean, we saw them sweep us years ago, especially during the TCF Bank era. They kind of kicked our butts a couple times when they had a damn good, damn good defensive line. Uh, Man, they sure did. And of course, Matthew Stafford was throwing for his 4,500 to 5,000 yards every freaking year. Uh, That was not easy. Not easy at all. But uh, an efficient game by Kirk Cousins, an efficient game by the Vikings offense. Again, you never really felt like the the Detroit Lions were really going to threaten this team. You never really felt that. And that's a good thing. It's just it's just over for Detroit. It's flat out over. Uh, Galladay had some moments, but he also had a pass interference call against him. So it just kind of is what it is. Or it, it was pass interference where he was blocking downfield before the ball was thrown. So that's kind of almost like a rookie type of thing. That comes back on the coaching because Galladay is an established guy. It's not like he just started. So, I don't know. That was kind of lame. <laughs> that was kind of lame. That just reeked of poor coaching. And... I don't know, and just a dumb play by a good player, too. It's a combination of both. You can't always blame the coach for everything, but I don't know. Not good. Uh, Stefan Diggs is traditional. He always has a good game against the Detroit Lions, and he did once again today, again, that 44-yard reception, which ultimately led to Dalvin Cook's touchdown in his 13th of the season, which is hey, way up at the top there in the NFL. Second in the whole NFL in total yardage, and that's again with missing significant time a couple games. A couple games, but generally speaking, Dalvin Cook has got all pro written all over him. Uh, Laquan Treadwell had a huge 36-yard reception in the game. Love what we're seeing out of Laquan Treadwell. 42 yards, only targeted twice in the game, but caught. Both of the balls coming his way, and that 36 yards was earned. He, he caught it about 20 yards downfield. He broke a tackle, used his physicality, and and moved forward a few more, and that, that was awesome. Uh, Laquan Treadwell's turning to look like the kind of guy you want to keep around. And it's hard to believe we're actually saying that. I mean, you'd rather have him than a lot of guys right now. He's actually finally, finally turning into an NFL wide receiver. And you know what? Good for him. Good for him. Ola B.C. Johnson, or B.C. Johnson, or as the announcer said, just Johnson. I don't know if he was was afraid to even say the name. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Only made the touchdown catch. All he does is catch touchdowns, so maybe he's the next Chris Carter. Nine-yard reception in the end zone very early. And again, Garrett Bradbury made a his first reception in the NFL, a loss of four yards because there was a, a potential interception that was batted. And uh, Garrett Bradbury ultimately brings it in, saving the day there. We also saw an urban legend today. <clears throat> Here's an urban legend for today's game. Mad Prayer misses kicks? I didn't think he did. I've never seen him miss one. I've never seen Matt Prater miss a kick. This guy makes him from 65 yards, 60 yards, 50 yards, 40 yards, 30 yards, and, by the way, 62 yards or whatever the heck else. He'll make it 55 and win. He'll make it whenever, whatever. Detroit, one thing they have, other than, of course, Barry Sanders many years ago, one thing Detroit has had since I started watching football, like, full-time, full-time, 16 games a year, they've had kickers. They have absolutely had kickers, going back to Jason Hansen, all the way up to Matt Prater now. And it was pretty much Hanson to Prater. I mean, pretty much. I mean, Hanson was the kicker forever, going all the way back to 92. What a great kicker he was. And Matt Prater is, you know, you could say he's Hanson's accuracy, Hanson's consistency with a lot more strength. He is just, he's as good a kicker as you'll ever see, and he missed one today from about 44 yards out. And again, this was after a golden opportunity was blown by Detroit. And another rookie mistake down the stretch by a blow. Which, you know, it, it cost Detroit a chance to get in the end zone, and they went up missing a kick. And next thing you know, that's when the big play happened. The momentum went completely the other way, like it always does in the National Football League. That's when you had the Stefan Diggs 44 yard reception, and things went completely. Yeah, their direction. Can <clears throat> Quinton Colquitt, or I just keep calling him Quinton. It's Britton Colquitt. Britton Colquitt. I'm never going to get it right. Still no touchbacks on the season. He's an awesome punter, obviously. Didn't have quite the yardage because he was usually closer to midfield when he was punting. At least the Vikings would get one first down along the way. Where Sam Martin was punting from God knows where. And that's why he averaged about 50 yards a punt. Boy, Detroit's got good kickers. They've got good kickers, but obviously they have a couple of good defenders, Darius Slay, but most of those excellent defensive linemen long gone years ago, Linval Joseph much more solid today than he was in past weeks, uh, Everson Griffin was able to get the blow along the way as well, blow and again, Daniel Hunter, now up to 12 and a half on the air with three sacks and Jaleel Johnson bringing in his second sack of the year, good for him obviously another guy trying his best to fill in for the uh, long gone uh, Kevin Kevin Williams position of uh three technique long gone kevin williams of course uh how he just couldn't keep uh, sheldon around sheldon richardson i wish mike hughes very solid today got a batted belt got a batted away pass early on in a key third down play which ended up forcing a punt of course holden hill was solid out there chris boyd had a very nice uh tackle on the gunner play he was the gunner out there preventing any type of a kick return on uh, one of those, that's the one tackle he had. Loved what I saw from Chris Boyd. He's he's definitely improved, at least on the special team. So he'll probably hang around. He'll probably hang around if he's able to bring guys down. Uh, a lot of frustrating penalties throughout the game today that some of them were honest penalties. The Stephen Weatherly had a uh, roughing the passer. Where he's just kind of getting up into the quarterback's grill, basically. And, uh, of course, the uh, next thing I know, it's... Uh, uh, excuse me, roughing the passer, so he couldn't believe it. He did that funny pose a lot of us do when we're shocked. We just threw our arms out real fast. I love that. <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh, that was hilarious. I'm sorry. It was. Uh, Daniel Hunter, though, just phenomenal throughout the game. Eric Hendricks continuing to be one of the most underrated linebackers in the entire NFL. I truly believe. Uh, Trey Wayne's very solid. Not great, but solid. He got beat on some occasions, but it was never anything that bad. He'd bring the players down. He, he didn't knock any passes away. Uh, Shamar Stefan, it was right out of the gate, just like last week where he had that the, the block. I kept calling it Hakeem Elijah Olajuwon. Shamar Stefan batting away another pass very early in the game, which was cool. That was David Blau struggling very early in the game. And, of course, uh, the interception that wrapped things up. When Detroit was trying and not playing the clock well, you're throwing in the middle of the field with limited timeouts, less than a minute left, and you have to score twice. I don't know. I don't know. They were throwing in in the middle of the field. I I don't know, man. I mean, don't you want to go to the sidelines once in a while? Unless you're hoping that the Vikings secondary is that awful, they're going to trip on themselves, trip on their left feet, which could happen once in a while, but it didn't. And, well, it is what it is there. Anderson Dejo doing another one of his last-second interceptions, kind of like those hockey players that get those empty net goals at the last second, a guy who scores maybe three goals a year, oh, there it is, empty net, you know, empty net goal for, you know, yeah, <laughs> for Jules Erickson-Eck, no, I'm kidding, he's a little better than that, but Jules Erickson-Eck is, and of course he provides great defense, Anderson Deho, yeah, I, I don't know, he's, he's okay, it's nice to see him again, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I got a feeling about Marcus Epps, that he's going to resurface one day and re- they're going to say, ah, former 6th round pick by Minnesota that we let go in order to uh, claim Anderson Dejo off waivers. I don't know. Maybe Anderson Dejo gets a ring with Minnesota. We'll see. Wouldn't that be nice if uh, things go that direction? I'd feel good for him. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Marcus Epps, I got a feeling about that guy. He might not be a whole lot now, but you never know. I got a feeling he's going to develop into a pretty solid safety. Really like what he was doing in uh, Wyoming last season and uh, the years before, but especially last season. Uh, again, a solid game today. You can tell I'm kind of subdued. You've heard all the different emotions that I've had over the years. Today's just one of those days. More subdued because it was kind of... Can we can we be honest? It was a pretty boring game. It was a pretty boring game. You notice I keep talking about preseason, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to call this a preseason game. I'm going to literally call this episode one down three to go, because I want 12-4, and four, damn it, I want 12-4 and four. maximize what could happen your 12-4 and four was a pretty good record, it got us in the NFC title game in 2009 that's the last time the Vikings were 12-4, and four. of course we won the division, got a first round bye might happen, because, well, uh, the Saints might not get a first round bye, because the things didn't work out for them at the end in one of the most epic, entertaining football games I've seen in quite a while that was a good one Seattle became epic as the season as the game progressed last week, but Yeah, Vikings almost got their butts kicked. That was really, uh, insanity. Because now we get a train coming here in the background. Man, one thing after another. But, yeah, hopefully that's the Vikings. Here we go. This is the Vikings the next three games, right? Come on, blow your damn horn already. Okay, that was interesting. I guess he's, there You go. (laughs) He's as subdued as I am. Yeah, I figure. you know what? Let it go. Let it let it show in the show. Yes, let get out of my way. I'm coming. I'm coming through. Coming through. Vikings train coming through 12 and 4. <laughs> might as well enjoy it while it's here. It's a golden opportunity to get a train coming through the, uh, the episode here because, yes, there's a train track right outside the apartment here. It's not that far away. <laughs> I could almost, yeah, I could throw a rock and hit the train right now. I'd have to throw it a little hard, but I probably hit, might hit a tree on the way, though. So, yeah, we got some good defensive trees in front of the train there. So, yeah, that's uh, Delvin Cook running the ball through the uh, Packers, hopefully, and the Chargers and the freaking Bears. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that happens. I really hope so. I'm borderline distracted right now, but again, was it was it a, was it that high quality of a game? I, you know, what I'm happy about, I'm I'm happy that the Vikings defense looked a little better today. But again, how excited can you get? Even though David Blau did pretty well against what we thought and what we still believe is a pretty good Chicago defense. That defense isn't going to drop off that quick. You know, it's not like the Bears' defense was good in 2017 compared to 19 or something, kind of like how what we're going through right now, which, again, but again, you're seeing the Vikings' defense look a lot more like Mike Zimmer's defense. Again, is it Blau just not being good? Or is it the Vikings' defense being better? Or is it a combination of both a bit? I think it's a combination of both and uh, you expect more you hope there's a little more energy going into next week because I think, yeah, I mean the Vikings should have scored more than 20 points against Detroit at home we should have, but at the same time you don't want to go way overboard and hurt yourself and this and that, that's pretty much what uh, former Viking Chuck Foreman was just saying in one of those uh, post game shows, yeah, that's the Viking literally called the Vikings post game show on the Fox here Still kind of playing in mute in the background here, but let uh, let it go for a bit. Tyrone, Tyrone Carter, pretty excited guy, wearing his his mafia hat there. He must like this show. Yeah, right. Probably never. Even, <laughs> who knows? But um, no, that's what we're hoping for. The Vikings' train can keep moving forward, and we get uh, we keep winning more games here again. Hopefully, the Vikings' defense is treading in the right direction, and the Vikings' offense just kind of sort of took a personal day today, and that's it, kind of, sort of did, and that there's a little more coming here, up and coming with us, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Green Bay Slackers, and Chicago Biaz, as we head into the uh, final stretch here. So with that said, the uh, Fran Targington Award today will not go to Kirk Cousins or to Delvin Cook. It's going to go to Daniil to Hunter, who's had multiple uh, Purple Mafia MVPs, during the course of his uh, still fairly young career, thankfully. Still still very young, actually. That's how highly I feel about Daniel Hunter. Again, 12 and a half sacks throughout this season. A guy who's got, who might even be a future Hall of Famer if he keeps it up. He just might. Uh, Delvin Cook is a pretty good shot at it if he stays healthy and consistent. There he is in the background. But, uh, no, Hunter is going to ring in the Fran Tarkington Award for today's show. The Christian Potter Memorial. I'm not going to beat up on Xavier Rose today. It might be just a lack of energy, generally speaking. It's certainly not going to go to Laquan Dreadwell, is it? I might not even give one, other than just again, the lack of energy down the stretch. You'd like to see a little more, and that's again why uh, Mike Zimmer was a little frustrated. I'm not too mad at him, though. At, the, at this team, though. Uh, C.J. Ham with another one of those targets that ended up turning into a pretty nice game. Gotta love that. C.J. ham has got some athleticism to him, and some strength, and this and that. Irv Smith. Not bad. Maybe it could go to the refs in the first half, because, like, that was ridiculous. Way too many penalties. They were literally calling everything. And again, it's not like every call was egregious and insane and ticky-tack, but it started feeling like it a little bit. It was it was kind of frustrating. Uh, the offensive line protected Cousins fairly well. Probably could have been a little better, but only one sack. It ain't that bad. Defensive line was great. Uh, the pressure, and again, you got to blame the rookie a little bit, too, for not getting rid of the ball. Shouldn't have been five sacks. Probably should have been like three, maybe two. At the end of the day, because of that, but uh, nicely played Minnesota with with that said. I'm not going to really pass out a ponder memorial today. We'll be back. We'll look up. We'll look throughout the NFL and the preview coming up with the Los Angeles Chargers. One more road game, and then we finish things off at home. Back to back, baby. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look around the NFL and preview the San Diego slash, well, Los Angeles Chargers. I'd rather call them the San Diego Super Chargers. But, yeah, they're the Los Angeles Super Chargers. are not so charged up right now. Because, yeah, well, they look good today, though. We'll get to that in a second. Of course, Vikings over Detroit, 22-7. Yeah, Chicago and Dallas kickoff on Thursday night football, and of course the Chicago Bears continue their strong play, the Dallas Cowboys continue to stink, and Jason Garrett's job security is about as secure as uh, maybe the Calgary Flames coach after stuff came out, stuff like that. Okay, it's not quite that bad, because obviously Jason Garrett's a good guy, just I don't know, he's just not that good of a coach. The Cowboys went up 7-0, but after that it was pretty much all the Bears, all Chicago, and it was in Chicago, so that does help, and Chicago Bears, luckily they'll be coming here and not, uh whew, we're not going to Soldier Field because we have a pretty good idea how that would turn out, I think. Mitchell Trubisky last couple of weeks, has looked awfully good. But most Bears fans are thinking, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, fool me thrice, yikes, that type of thing. That's kind of what it's like with Mitchell Trubisky at this stage. Dak Prescott was contained fairly well. It was kind of a it was kind of a typical not-so-great Dak Prescott game, where right? would still get the bajillion yards. He'd attempt almost 50 freaking passes. Completions just weren't there. The plays just weren't there. It just wasn't meant to be for the uh, Dallas Cowboys, even though they made a, a nice little comeback down the stretch. That's where some of the yardage came in, but, you know, I mean, they, they had to basically. They got back in the game. Uh, Prescott hit Amari Cooper, got a, a two-point schedule, uh, excuse me, two-score game, 31-21, to 21, with about four and a half minutes left, but then by the time Dallas was able to make their field goal. It was just too little too late. It was just kind of like a formality. Make the make the score look a little prettier. And that was just all she wrote. Chicago Bears by far the better team. And again, well, it was a home game for Chicago, so that does help. Interesting uniforms they've been wearing. Those old, old, old school classic looking unis from back in the day. With the stripes and all that. I I, I think it's cool. I like it. I'm not a I'm not somebody who's going to go against that. I think it looks cool. Uh, I love retro this. I love retro that. I think one of the ugliest retro jerseys probably the Packers ones because it's not even their the well, it's not even the colors we're used to. They look like kind of like the Michigan Wolverines or something out there. It just kind of is what it is. Elliott Ezekiel Elliott was able to get into the end zone twice, 81 yards. So he got a little bit more going on than he had the last couple weeks, especially the Vikings game where we completely contained the guy made him virtually useless out there. Tabisky used his happy feet and wound up with 63 yards. Montgomery, solid above average, but he did lose a fumble in the game. But again, the Chicago Bears definitely the better team, despite giving up uh, a lot of receiving yards to Gallup and Cooper, which is something the Vikings did a very good job of as well, when we had to actually go to Dallas. So, I don't know, impressive win for the Vikings for the most part, but, I don't know, the Cowboys are just kind of toast, I think. That's just all there is to say. Let's keep going. And I jumped ahead. That was a division game again. I keep doing that, but it is what it is. It is what it is. I jumped on it because it was the Thursday game, kind of the way things go. I like to get the Thursday game out of the way because it's, you know, it's a while ago already. (laughs) Denver and Houston. What's up with the Denver Broncos, like, winning games that don't matter? They actually won in Houston today, and this is after Houston frustrated the living crap out of the Patriots over here. Frustrated the crap out of the Patriots. And... Wow, and then they can't even beat Denver. Okay. What the hell? Makes the Patriots look awfully bad, actually. Denver Broncos, 38 points in the game. <laughs> Drew Locke. Drew Locke looking like Drew Bledsoe or something. I don't know. He looks like more like Drew Brees. Shoot, more like Drew Brees <laughs> at the end of the day. 300 yards, three touchdowns. Well, if you're able to get through this Houston uh, defense, which sure, certainly look, made the Patriots look awful, look awful in the game, I don't know. Drew Locke might be something. I think the Broncos might have a little something there. What a solid game against a pretty good playoff type of team. Houston Texans. Houston Texans will probably host a wild card game because Buffalo's not going to catch the uh, New England Patriots or well, maybe they will now. but, uh, but Losing today is not going to help. They were 9-3 and three, now they're 9-4. and four. That killed them. To think the Buffalo Bills, if they won today, they'd be tied with New England. Wow. Pittsburgh Pirates, no Pittsburgh Steelers are very unlikely to catch the Baltimore Ravens. In fact, I'd say that's done and dusted. I mean, it looks like it is. You see that X right next to their name? Yep, it's pretty much done and dusted. Nope, they clinched a playoff spot. Why is the division, so the Kansas City Chiefs will at least be hosting a playoff game no matter what. Now, yep, 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 nine and four after yeah their win today. That was kind of I don't know. I wasn't let's just say I wasn't cheering for them today. But uh, Denver Broncos impressive win. In a game that does help, uh, does hurt the, uh, <laughs> it certainly hurts the Houston Texans in a big way. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy to imagine that, but it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Maybe Tennessee's going to catch him. We'll see. It's going to be uh, extremely interesting to see how that turns out. Hmm. Yeah, T- Tennessee might catch him now with uh, Mr. Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's been awesome. Severus Sicko, San Fran Sicko 49ers looking good. Obviously, we'll get back to that shortly. I'm just staring at all the records now. Indianapolis Colts, they're kaput. They're kaput. Tampa Bay Buccaneers actually staying alive. Six and seven record in the NFC South division. They're they're hanging on. They're still alive, if you can believe it. And the AFC South, Indianapolis Colts, they're pretty much about done as well. Uh, but uh, there's still a chance. Six and seven record. Kind of an epic back and forth game at the end of the day. Jameis Winston, you can say what we want about him. He makes a lot of mistakes, but he certainly puts up numbers, too. He's kind of like Culpepper on crack. <laughs> That's about what he's like out there. Culpepper on crack puts up the numbers, but then really bad mistakes. Like Culpepper would make mistakes, but they weren't. It, it wouldn't be every single week, all the time. Uh, he fumbled a lot because of I supposedly he had small hands. But I, I don't know. I don't even want to get into that kind of thought process. It's a, it's weird to imagine a guy that big would have small hands. But uh, whatever, it is what it is. Jameis Winston though. Again, very good game offensively. Generally speaking, if not for the stupid turnovers, he would have been—he'd be a superstar if he could control himself a little better. Definitely an epic passing aerial battle between these two teams. Tampa ends up getting it thirty-eight to thirty-five. Big numbers though: four hundred and fifty yards, five touchdown passes, but three—well, no, yeah, five touchdown passes, three interceptions. At the end of the day, Jameis Winston, spectacular numbers. And the Jets and the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins almost won three games in a row but the Jets last up 22-21. That's kind of funny. Huge second quarter for the Jets. Miami kind of hanging on, hanging on, but the Jets able to finish things off. Miami Dolphins should be able to get a very, very, very nice draft pick, and for their stake, I hope it's a quarterback, because Josh Rosen's not going to work out. I, I don't think he's a good quarterback, but we'll see. I mean, things can always change, I guess. Fitzpatrick's making some more money. He'll be a nice, solid backup for another crappy team next year. We'll We'll see. Maybe it'll be the Dolphins again. Maybe he'll help the Jets out if need be, but, but I I think Sam Darnold's a, yeah, I think Sam Darnold's a legit quarterback. It's just, he's just not there yet, and boy, they need some pieces, and we we thought they had pieces, but they don't. A 5-8 record. They'll finish with an adequate record, I suppose, at the end of the day, but uh, we'll see what happens. Man, Miami, what a weird team, but I, I love their uniforms, and I like their history, but 3-10 and 10 record. New York Jets... Weren't they like 1-7 and seven at one point? Like, man, that's crazy. They've actually been pretty damn good lately, like 4-1, and one, but too little too late, as we all like to say. A day late and a dollar short, so to speak. Fitzpatrick did not have a good game, generally speaking, but certainly had happy feet in the game. 65 yards for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay, that's, that's news to me. It really is. Probably the game of the week. In fact, I'd argue it is. Uh, entertaining second-half game between the Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs, but this one had to be the game of the week. I mean, you had two 10-2 teams going at it. New Orleans Saints hosting the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, it was just up and down the field over and over and over and over, and of course, this was during our borderline snoozefest preseason victory over the Detroit uh, Lions today. This This just kept flashing in the background like, oh, another update. You know, they just kept updating it, updating it, updating it, every commercial break or stop of play. Another touchdown for New Orleans or San Francisco? It was just up and down the field, and then we got to see a dramatic, sexy finish. Man, this was really something else. There's only 94 points scored combined between these two teams. It was only 94. What an epic battle! And when, <clears throat> oh, and when the Saints got that stupid uh, pass interference called in their favor, defensive pass interference on the 49ers, and the next thing you know, a next play or two down the field, Drew Brees was able to hit TreQuan Smith into the end zone for an 18-yard touchdown. Oh, you thought that. Oh, boy. Saints are probably going to win. Great. But but then again, hey, what what kind of game has it been? Up and down the field, both teams. So who knows? It was frustrating all the uh, 49ers hadn't gotten in the end zone in the last nine minutes or so. <laughs> Just to be goofy, it's like, that's forever, nine minutes since they got in the end zone? Jeez. Robbie Gold nailed a 41-yarder, former Chicago Bear kicker, who was about as good as it gets until he had like a bad couple of games or so and was hurt a bit, and then winds up with San Francisco, and he's been pretty good with San Francisco. <laughs> They're, I like the 49ers. Can, can you tell? 49ers and Patriots, you know, I mean, it's just, I like the heritage. I like the excellence. There's just something about those two teams versus the Dallas's, the New Orleans, and the Pittsburgh's that I can't stand. I can't stand any of those teams. There's just a different aura to those teams, like when they win the Super Bowl or they have a good season or whatever. There's a different aura to San Francisco and New England compared to those. That's why I'm a fan. And I am I kind of like Baltimore that way, too, a little bit. A little bit, but you get the idea. It's okay to to have a rooting interest in a game like this. You want to, you want to see one team beat the other. It's not just the fact that, you know, the NFC Championship game, and I don't know, Drew Brees is always kind of, <laughs> I don't know. I used to love him. I did. But then you see more and more about him, and it's just like, eh, he just, yeah, I don't know. Hell of a player, but he's a, just he just annoys me for some reason. San Francisco gets down the field. Jimmy Garoppolo, it looked like they were dead. It really did. And then when he hit uh, Georgia Kittle, oh, my God. I, I was just, oh. And then you saw a penalty flag after all the scrum and all that going on. And I'm like, oh, great. Let me guess, holding on San Francisco. And then they show the play, and it's like, wait a minute. Maybe it was... Uh, Maybe it was a face mask, and then you look close. Oh, yeah, it was a face mask. It was a king King of kings face mask. It was the ultimate face mask. It was, I mean, it was like a double whammy face mask. And that just never ended. You'd think that a certain player, a certain safety of the New Orleans Saints that was uh, very much responsible for the Minneapolis Miracle. That's right. Wow, he just got roasted on another play there. That was much earlier in the game. (laughs) Marcus Williams. Number 43, Marcus Williams, who was the number one culprit for the Minneapolis Miracle, other than Stefan Diggs making a spectacular play, and uh, his awareness on the field and everything that had to do with that as well. His awareness, the time, everything. Just go. Don't go out of bounds. The game's over if you go out of bounds. He just keeps going, and we walk off. But then Marcus Williams, again, it was a face mask, another 15 yards, tacked on an already spectacular play. Next thing you know, San Francisco is kneeling, running the clock down to the final seconds, so Robbie Gold could nail a sure 30-yarder, and he nailed it all right, right down the pipe. I was absolutely thrilled with the the finish. A great game, nonetheless, regardless of who wins, but I was much happier with the outcome. There's so many reasons I went to San Francisco to win. Number one, I like the 49ers, I like their history, I got into that already, love the uniforms, oh God, do I love those uniforms, oh. But do you really want the Seattle Seahawks to have home field advantage? throughout the playoffs. Do you really want to see Seattle win again? Ugh, I I can't stand Seattle. I just cannot. And I don't want the Saints to have home field advantage either because that could have been a possibility. It could have been. I'd rather see San Francisco any day over New Orleans or Seattle. Seattle's a big one, big one. That's that's a team I didn't even mention, like the Cowboys, you know, the the Pittsburgh Steelers, the New Orleans Saints, and Seattle, teams like that. I don't want them to win. I, I just can't stand them. Uh, go 49ers and Patriots over those teams any day of the week. And, uh, well, what an amazing finish. And great, uh, great game-winning drive by Jimmy Garoppolo. Apparently that was his sixth uh, game-winning drive in the fourth quarter to lead his team to victory. Well, game-winning to lead his team to victory. You get the idea. But it's sixth game-winning drive at the end of the day in his career. And he learned from the best. We can all say that. He's learned from the best. He's one of those <laughs> one of those gifted, privileged players who got to play for both San Francisco and New England. And man, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Supposedly, the whole urban legend is that uh, Bill Belichick traded Garoppolo to San Francisco to prevent Tom Brady from going there at the end of his career. Because that's Tom Brady's ultimate dream to play for the San Francisco 49ers. So, supposedly, that was part of the uh, motive there. Interesting. We'll come back to Green Bay in Washington. Unfortunately, you probably have a pretty good idea who won that one shocking, right? And of course, Minnesota and Detroit, that was the other divisional game. Cincinnati and Cleveland, Cleveland Cavalier Browns just barely staying alive. Yep, Vincenzo Romano's club, beating up on a crappy division opponent, 1-12 and at Cincinnati. They're still looking at the number one pick in the draft, and yeah, yeah, I mean, you've got a pretty good idea which way they're going to go. They better go that direction in a quick hurry. Uh, they have no choice. And Baker Mayfield not looking like a number one overall pick either in a game that they beat an awful team. 45%, a couple of interceptions, he stunk. Quarterback rating 38.9 against a Cincinnati team that's not good. Gosh, what the hell? Joe Mixon was downright spectacular, 146 yards and a touchdown. That's about as good as he's ever been. Nick Chubb was good as well. Definitely a good running day and not a great day for the quarterbacks as the uh, uh, Kareem Hunt, a debated figure, wound up with the uh, Cleveland Browns after all the, the uh, depressing stuff that happened last year and he wound up getting cut from the uh, Kansas City Chiefs last year with the, the news that took place uh, when the Chiefs had the best record in football having to cut one of their star players last season. Kareem Hunt, solid game, but nothing that great at the end of the day. What a mess, what a mess. Buffalo ends up losing, but they end up losing to probably the best team in the, a- the AFC now. In fact, it's pretty much a done deal. Baltimore Ravens most likely are going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And they're probably going to be the favorites to win the whole enchilada when all is said and done. Maybe he will get a rematch of the Harbaugh Bowl. And I wouldn't be surprised. Both of them are 11-2. and two. Whew! And Buffalo Bills, unfortunately, unable to protect home field today against the best team in the AFC. Uh, as painful as it might be to say. But, you know, I like Baltimore just fine. And Lamar Jackson just keeps getting better and better and better. For the longest time, it's like, yeah, he's just an athlete. He's, he's this, he's that. But then he he gets the job done. He throws touchdown passes. He makes plays. He he makes a mistake here and there. If it's an interception or whatever, whatever it is, he'll fumble once in a blue moon. But at the end of the day, he's about as valuable and dynamic a player as there is in the entire game. And, man, I'll just keep saying this every week. He should have (laughs) probably, I mean, he's a guy that I saw in Louisville and thought he might go number one overall in the draft. And, well, there's a reason why he was looked on as that kind of a star. There is a reason because we're, we're, we're seeing it now that's just that's just all there is to say Twenty four seventeen 17 over the buffalo bills who still very much very much likely will be in the playoffs but uh, i will feel sick if they lose in the first round i <clears throat> guess it depends on who they draw in the first round but it sucks they'll probably have to go on the road that's that's lame sauce but welcome to the nfl <sighs> the ultimate too little too late game atlanta and carolina two teams that are kaput carolina Panthers have now lost their eighth game. They're completely done. Mr. Allen continuing to play well. Kyle Allen putting up numbers and comp- uh, and all that, but he did turn the ball over three times in the game. That didn't help. Matt Ryan, strong performance for the most part, the 300-plus yards and quarterback rating of 110, When you can just go on forever. Good, solid game for Atlanta, 40 points, but it's just at the end of the day, it's just a formality, wrapping up the season with nine losses already on the uh, already on the docket. They'll probably finish 5-11 or 6-10, whatever it is. And Dan Quinn will be uh, on his way out. That's just just welcome to the NFL when you think about that. As we kind of try to move along here before we get back to Green Bay, Jacksonville and the Chargers, we'll leave that alone. Of course, that's the very, very last one. Pittsburgh staying alive, beating a not-so-good team, a rematch of the Super Bowl about 11 years ago. Arizona Cardinals well unfortunately a similar result where Pittsburgh ends up winning by six points in this case twenty three to seventeen. Not quite the epic offensive battle that that Super Bowl was with Kurt Warner and Larry Fitzgerald and man, oh man, that was a good team. Sandonio Holmes and of course uh, Big Ben. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting situation here. Delvin Hodges, not a bad game, <laughs> not a bad game. His stats were good. He, he he attempted only nineteen passes but completed sixteen of them was solid. He basically did enough out there, as there was a lot of running by Pittsburgh, kind of running back by committee, Benny Smell Jr., Kareth Wright Jr., Kareth White Jr., pardon me, Delvin Rogers, also again adding the running, the physical, uh, showing some athleticism here and there. Kyler Murray, well, I don't know, it's just, I don't know, that Pittsburgh defense is stepping up the bit. they look a lot better than they did the last couple of years, the second half of the season, Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. I gotta know why I'm Kim calling them all these silly names. The Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I, I'm not a fan of that team, but I'm telling you, they're doing a hell of a job considering where they were earlier this season when they looked like they were gonna be in the top five in the draft. I mean, they're like a fo- top top five team in the draft. One of the worst teams in football, and they're probably gonna make the playoffs with an eight. They're eight and five at this stage. Good chance they may be ten and six, something like that. That's impressive. That's a really damn good job by uh, by uh, just an amazing job by uh, Mike Tomlin. Just an amazing job. What an amazing job by him. Of course, former Vikings defensive coordinator. Man, I wish <laughs> he was a hell of a coach for, for us for only one year under Childress. It's like, of course, you know the only positive of that whole coaching staff that year. So much frustration otherwise by the 2006 Vikings. Tomlin just uh, on his way out just like that. And, of course, Chester Taylor was freaking awesome that year, too, for the Vikings. Oh, was he good. Um, And, of course, replaced by Frazier. Eh, But, you know, Mike Tomlin, obviously, yeah, he's been there probably too long. I wouldn't have been surprised. I thought he was going to get let go at the end of the season because I thought the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to finish horribly. And, heck, losing to Cleveland. But ever since then, they've been damn awesome. They've been downright awesome. And even before that, they were pretty good. It looked like boy Cleveland's going to win the division Baltimore's going to be kind of you know a fringe team 8 and 8 9 and 7 and you know and you know Pittsburgh's done they're out I couldn't have been possibly more wrong about all of that I mean I'm kind of embarrassed sitting here in this chair thinking about that right now I mean just look at Baltimore and Pittsburgh is not out there they're in and Cleveland stinks and Cincinnati well none of us thought Cincinnati was going to do anything but I didn't think they'd be like you know like 1 in 15 which is probably where they're heading they're the new Cleveland Browns right now. But a uh, solid win by Pittsburgh. It's not the toughest thing ever, but hey, you have to go on the road sometimes against these not-so-good teams, and things don't always go your way in games like this. <sighs> tell that to the tell that to the frickin' uh, New England Patriots. Never get to wrap it with Tennessee and Oakland. Tennessee pretty much knocking Oakland out. Kansas City Chiefs getting some revenge in what the Patriots did to them last year, sort of, but obviously not nearly as important of a game, but still very crucial. Should these teams uh, end up with the same record? Kansas City's got the tiebreaker. So, I don't know. New England's right now. Unfortunately for them, they're going to have a tough time uh, getting home field over Baltimore anytime soon now. And I don't know. They're not the same team, are they? New England Patriots. They would have the uh, the bye at the moment because the third seed is Kansas City. So, with four losses. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the New England Patriots. The offense has not been the same. They're just not clicking at all. I don't want to say Brady's lost it, because how can you say Brady's lost it? But, I don't know, this time of year, I just don't understand it. I'm kind of shocked right now when I sit here thinking about that in Foxborough, Gillette Stadium, blah, 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 blah. I'm just finding this crazy, seeing them lose back-to-back weeks. Now, I mean, you know, losing in Houston, you know, you think that's a hiccup. You saw Tom Brady's frustration telling guys to pick it up, and we need to bleep and do, you know, bleep and focus, blah, blah, blah. That's kind of like paraphrasing. But he was telling guys they need to pick it up. And guys were just not, I I don't know, they're just out of sync right now. That offense for New England is completely out of sync. They're just not the same. The Kansas City Chiefs defense isn't that great. It's the classic men, but don't break. But they looked awfully good today. They looked like the, they looked like the Baltimore Ravens of 2000 today against the Patriots. They might as well have been. Because the Patriots couldn't do jack against them today for the most part until much later in the game. Now, of course, the Patriots scored very early and you figured, okay, here, come the, here comes New England and then right after that, it was uh, all Kansas City. I mean, it looked like a blowout. Things got a bit better. They had major opportunities with the blocked punt in the New England Patriots. A golden opportunity down the stretch, but they just could not capitalize. Uh, Patriots ended up cutting Kai Forbath right away after the missed field goal, and now Nick Folk is their kicker. Oh boy, that's goofy goofy situation for the Patriots right now. Uh, Mahomes has not been that spectacular so far. I mean, you know, he, and again, again, you're going against one of the best defenses in football, so to score 23 points isn't that bad, but it's definitely all about the definitely all about the, the Chiefs getting the job done in the New England defense. At the end of the day, frustrating Mahomes enough to keep the Patriots within striking distance. But it still just wasn't enough for the Patriots. It just wasn't enough. It just wasn't. Uh, 23-16, Patriots dropped to 10-3 and now. Back-to-back losses for the Patriotas. Frustrating for them after losing to Houston. Mm, that was a frustrating game. You could see the major anger and frustration In Tom Brady's face uh, last week. This week, not as much anger, but I'm sure the frustration. You saw him hanging his head like he does in games like that. Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans. Wow, what a great game by A.J. AJ Brown, pardon me. 153 yards, two touchdowns. Huge game for him. Five catches in the game. Ryan Tannehill has been downright awesome since uh, taking over the the reins of the uh, Tennessee Titans. I mean, he's their quarterback, period. I mean, if I'm the Tennessee Titans... General manager, or uh, if I'm a fan, blah blah blah. I mean, I went Ryan Tannehill's my quarterback right now because he's doing an awesome job. He's doing better with Tennessee than he ever did with Miami, for the most part. Even though he had some good years with Miami, Derek Carr, a decent game, certainly better than he's been the past few weeks, but just not even close to enough. Uh, they got doubled up today, forty-two to twenty-one in their own house, and off to Vegas they go, pretty much. The Ring Central Coliseum. <laughs> Uh, Oakland Raiders just not up to the task today. Not at all. Forty-two twenty-one. That pretty much puts them on ice. I gotta say. I would have to say, their chances of making the postseason are done and dusted at this point. Uh, great game by the Tennessee Titans. Technically, they wouldn't even be in the playoffs. Isn't that crazy? You have eight and five record, tied with Pittsburgh. So they got to get past Pittsburgh to get in. As good as Tennessee's luck, it's a crying shame because they had some crappy losses. Earlier in the season, ah, oh, crying Sam, because Tannehill is just downright efficient. Hundred forty quarterback rating, he's just awesome, uh, completing deep passes, and then the running game is real good with Derrick Henry. I like this Tennessee team, I really do. Since the you know the, the Ryan Tannehill era of the Tennessee Titans has been definitely an entertaining brand of football. They're they're good stuff. Sometimes a quarterback gets to go in a different uh, organization, and. Better things happen. That's just how it is sometimes. And good job, Ryan. Ryan Tannehill. Well done. And I hope they knock the I hope they knocked Pittsburgh out of the playoffs. We'll we'll see what happens. So let's come back to another team I wish to get knocked out of the playoffs. Unfortunately, that's not gonna happen right now. Uh yeah, they hosted the Washington Redskins and it wasn't a good game at all. Twenty to fifteen and Washington had their chances and there was a couple of nice plays by uh Haskins. Dwayne Haskins nice completion for the for his one touchdown it was a good zip on the ball but generally speaking just Packers are a little better obviously Rodgers is clearly just a, every week you see him he'll get those big completions that he needs but he's just you know clearly he's not as explosive as he once was you're not seeing the huge, huge plays that you once saw. But fortunately for Green Bay, their defense is still pretty good, obviously. It's good now, finally, after like, you know, 10 freaking years of sucking and giving up like thousands of yards every week. Uh, Adrian Peterson, the old Packer nemesis, 76 yards on the ground. He continues to climb the charts as he's heading towards the top of the top. The top five all-time trying to catch, uh, trying to catch one of the greats of all time. Curtis Martin, the former Patriot and Jet Curtis Martin, that's what he's trying to catch trying to move up there and man alive he's he's getting there, 76 yards and a touchdown people are just amazed that he's still able to keep up with what he's been able to do all these years if all goes well, Adrian Peterson will literally run into 5th all time next week, if all goes well for him he had 76 yards today, that puts him in over 14,000, he had 13,960, unless this is already updated, but uh, you know, I don't think it is. Usually it wouldn't be. But uh 13, 9, 60, One way or another in the next couple of weeks, very good chance Adrian Peterson will be fifth all time with uh, daylight behind him because everybody behind him, LaShawn McCoy is the next active player at 22nd at 11,000 yards. So doesn't have to worry about anybody catching him at this stage. These are all old, old retired players. Curtis Martin, obviously, hasn't played in many years. Lavinian Tomlinson is... Done. Jerome Bettis, Dickerson, Dorsett. I can't believe he passed Dickerson and Dorsett. I mean, I remember thinking he's going to catch Dorsett, but he probably won't catch Dickerson. And then he did catch Dickerson. And he just continues to roll and roll and roll to Adrian Peterson. What a nice uh, run. And, we, you know, we can all say what we want about him, but still, to, to move up to uh, fifth all-time would be quite impressive. But another guy who's been insanely impressive, Frank Gore, is now third all-time. I can't even believe that. I can't even believe that. That's a first-ballot Hall of Famer right there. And, you know, like Frank Gore, you never talked about him like he was the superstar. But, well, apparently he is because, I mean, my God. Well, he's been in the league two years longer than Adrian Peterson, even, and 15,300 as he just recently passed Barry frickin' Sanders. He's top three. I never thought anybody was going to catch those guys, and Frank Gore caught Barry Sanders. I I can't believe that. That's, That's unbelievable what Frank Gore has been able to accomplish. Mm, mm, mm. I can't even believe that. But, you know, and, uh, a not-so-great win for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, they won the game, but clearly they're just, I don't know, just a mediocre overall game for them. I mean, a win's a win, just like the mediocre wins we had against Denver and Washington earlier this season, games that we probably didn't even deserve to have, particularly the Denver one. We basically coughed that one up, but it was a miracle that we came back because Denver just stinks. And Washington, that was the most boring game I've ever seen. It was kind of like today's game but worse. Kind of worse than today's game because you thought the Vikings were going to win the whole time. The Washington game, you had a there was a small chance that maybe the Washington was going to catch us even though nah. once once Keenan went out, that was kind of all she wrote. Frank Gore, I just cannot believe that guy. I can't believe a third all time. I can't even believe he passed I just can't believe that. He passed Barry Sanders, but now he had only four rushes today. They were behind, unfortunately, for him. But still, what an amazing career. It's funny too because he's had such small numbers uh the last few weeks, but it's just he just kinda inched past Barry Sanders very slightly. And I'm guessing this is probably it, This is probably his last season. He's got he's so ancient now. I mean he's like thirty five years old and yeah, he's not getting the majority of carries for Buffalo. Anymore, just here and there, here and there. It's funny how they let go of Lashawn McCoy, but kept uh, Frank Gore. It is kind of funny when you think about that. As McCoy's aging, and he's the he's the next active guy behind Adrian Peterson, but shoot, it is kind of crazy. It is yeah, it is interesting to think that there is nobody who's climbing the charts for quite a while. Wow, you're going way down. Mark Ingram of the uh, the Saints is sixty sixth all time. Yeah, I don't know. He's been in the league eight years already. I don't know. So, mm. Alfred Morris, Le'Veon Bell, Lamar Miller, Lamar Miller. Hmm. Yeah, boy. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not too confident in any of these guys catching him. Todd Gurley's 126th, and he's you know he's uh, he gets hurt a lot. You know, I mean Ezekiel Elliott. We'll see. It's going to be a long way to go. Cam Newton. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's not a whole lot going on for uh, running backs catching anybody anytime soon. So enjoy them while they're here, as much as people might not like Adrian Peterson, enjoy them while they're here. That's just all i got to say about that. Let's move on to the San Diego Super Chargers, or the Los Angeles Chargers, a 45-10 to 10 thromping of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Chargers kind of attempting to hang on for dear life. They're technically not out of it yet, if you can believe it, which might make it next week a very difficult game. Hopefully they don't play this well. Jacksonville's awful, and yeah, I mean, there's just not much to say. It's a, it's a mess. They're 4-9. They couldn't and protect their home field worth crap today. Phillip Rivers just shredded this team like you wouldn't believe. I did not think the Vikings ever actually beat the, the Los Angeles Chargers with Phillip Rivers slash San Diego Chargers, but we, we have beat them with Phillip Rivers, believe it or not. 6-6 six and six all-time. These two teams first started playing in 1971, and we've only played 12 times. Last time the Minnesota Vikings won in San Diego slash LA, so basically beat the Chargers on the road, was 1981. Oh boy. October 11th, 1981. So we're talking yeah, we're talking 39 years ago. 39 years and change ago. Minnesota Vikings hoping to make a little history and beat the San Diego Superchargers. Okay, I keep calling them San Diego, but it's Los Angeles. Every game we've played them in our tenure, they were the San Diego Chargers. They were the LA Chargers way, way back in the day in the 60s and before, and they moved to San Diego, and now they're back in L.A., but it's, uh, I don't know, it's a weird mix, it's a weird mix, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They're literally 6-6, six and six, and every single time these two teams have played, it has gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So hopefully the Vikings can change history that way, because, yeah, well, let's just say in 71, the Vikings lost, in 75, Vikings won, 78, Vikings lost, 81, Vikings won. That was the last time we ever won on the road. Vikings have hosted a lot more. Uh, Vikings have hosted this series many more times. The Vikings are 1-3 and three in, in, uh, on the road versus the Chargers one way or another. It was at San Diego or Los Angeles, 1-3 and three historically all time. And again, 81 was the one win, but it's just gone back and forth. 84, Vikings got killed, my goodness, because that was a terrible team. Eighty-five Vikings with Bud Grant coming back. They beat the Chargers. The Chargers, yeah, the Minnesota Vikings and Chargers didn't play for eight freaking years, and yeah, this is poof, Chargers just rolled all over that team. That was Natron Means and Stan Humphreys. That was a pretty good Chargers team. They went eleven and five after starting out the year zero and four, if, if not zero and five. I think they started out the year zero and five, and then they went on and won all the rest of the games. And they got got a first round by and lost right away. That was depressing. <laughs> to say the late Stan Humphreys and all them. They went to the Super Bowl in 94 and haven't been back, of course. But again, back and forth, back and forth. 99, the Vikings beat the Chargers. I barely remember that game, but that must have been, yep, that was during that influential run by a guy by the name of uh, Jeff George. Yep, when the Vikings almost ran the table. 2003, Chargers crushed the Vikings pretty bad. 42-28, 2007. Four years later, Vikings beat the Chargers 35-17. Impressive. 2011, Chargers... Vikings were winning that whole freaking game. The whole game. I remember that was Donovan McNabb. That was the season opener with Donovan McNabb. The Vikings were steadily hanging on and winning that whole game and they blew it. They just let that thing go. Phil Rivers led the team back and they beat the Vikings 24-17. And then in 2015, an impressive solid win for the Vikings 31-14 over The San Diego Super Chargers. And it would be the last time we would uh, call them San Diego against Minnesota. So coming up, what do you say here? I I, I don't know. Um, This team is all over the place. They've had impressive wins, and they've stunk. I don't know what to say. Impressive win here. Numbers all over the place. They have talented players everywhere. Keenan Allen. He's had his moments. He's been mediocre. Austin Eckler, 112 yards today cut kind of in the end zone. I don't know what to make of this. Ah, Chargers team. They've been all over the place all season. I, I just, mm, I'm having a tough time with this one. It's a tough place to play one way or another, or it's just a tough team to play against on the road anyway. I don't even know where the heck they play anymore. It's just such a joke, that old soccer stadium, basically. And as expected, the San Diego Chargers, I keep calling them San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers <laughs> overall defense is is good. They they don't give up a ton of yards. They're actually fourth in the NFL and yards given up at 3.09. So that kind of is what that is. The Jets actually give up the least rushing yards, which is funny. But remember, Odell and Cook had a pretty good game against them much earlier in the season. The Chargers give up 109 yards, 110 yards a game, basically. And again, this is not including this week's game, so it is what it is. 110 yards given up per game by the LA Chargers. They are way down, uh, well, they're, they're like in the lower half. They're not that far down, but 110 yards, so you can kind of guess as long as a certain guy is still falling the correct way, things will be okay. They only give up 200 passing yards a game, though, so that's really low. Uh, They forced interceptions. They they have nine on the season, which isn't that great. It's kind of in the middle, kind of a conservative defense, Um, not so much in the pick-six category. In fact, they have zero on the season, no pick-sixes, so that's okay with me. Forced fumbles, they are way at the bottom as well, with uh, not many at all at the end of the day. They have only five. They're actually bottom in the league in forced fumbles, so that's good. That bodes well. Uh, They don't force a whole lot of turnovers. They just don't give up a whole lot of passing yards at the end of the day. And again, it's like go figure. It's kind of a back-and-forth situation expect Delvin Cook. I mean, expect the Vikings to establish the run. And finally, Sunday Night Football is flashing in the background. Started a little bit earlier tonight for multiple reasons. My wife going to bed real early. In fact, That's why I'm trying to keep my voice down a little bit. And uh, Minnesota Timberwolves playing the LA Lakers. That's kind of fun stuff. With the way LeBron James is playing this year, Vinrock Vince Germano, if he's listening, Cleveland Browns fan out of Melbourne, Australia, and of course LA Lakers fan. With the way LeBron James is playing this year, mm mm, mm. I mean, you don't want to miss that. It is some fun stuff. So much better than the junk we had to watch the last five years or so. Uh, Loving those. Oh, I love it. The L.A. Rams are wearing their uh, classic uniforms again. Love it, love it, love it. Hosting the Seattle Sea Chickens. Go Rams. Go Rams big time here. Even as weird as that might sound, because you want the Rams to to lose, so the Vikings are in the playoffs, but I don't want Seattle having home field. I, I, I don't want Seattle having home field. I'm confident enough in the Minnesota Vikings that they can uh, win, that they can get their first, uh, they, they can get into the postseason one way or another. Maybe we'll win the division still if we go undefeated, because we'll have beaten the Packers the rest of the way. We got to beat the freaking Chargers first, though. Mm I love those Rams Unis. Oh boy, I want to pick a Vikings win. It's just the Chargers are weird, man. That's a weird game. They've been kind of up and down all season. With the way they've played this year, you got to think the Vikings should be able to beat this team. They are in. Uh, they are just a, a challenge of a team. Five and eight. They're still hanging on. Philip Rivers has he's missed the playoffs a bajillion times in his career. They're seventh in the league in passing yards. The rushing yards are very low, only eighty nine a game. Wow. And uh, their offense is considered like in the right in the middle pretty much throughout the season. It has been a mess of a year. They beat Indianapolis early, and then they lost to teams like Detroit. Beat by Houston. They're kind of a streaky team, aren't they? It's like one one win or two wins and three losses kind of most of the year. They've had two three-game losing streaks. They pounded the Chargers today after losing to Denver and, of course, losing to Kansas City and Oakland. Not too surprising in either one of those at the end of the day. They beat the Packers and the Bears. Ooh. They beat the Packers and the Bears, but they lost to Detroit. Okay, so let's uh, even things out and beat them. Beat the Chargers as uh, Detroit beat the Chargers much earlier in the year, back when it looked like... uh, Mr. Uh, Matt Patricia might keep his job as a head coach. I don't think his chances of doing that are very high right now. Wow. Ah, man. He's had some huge weeks. uh, Or, I mean, Austin Eckler's had some huge weeks. 213 yards. Man, man, man. Huge week. Huge week this week. Uh, 213-yard game overall. Overall numbers, Austin Eckler. So, watch out for him, of course. I don't expect him to put up numbers like that. If the Vikings' defense shows up to play, I think we'll be fine if it's a vanilla defense, I think the Vikings' chances of winning the game are slim to none. Uh, Philip Rivers has, he's, he's not the same guy. Uh, he's thrown 15 interceptions this year. He's fumbled six times, but only lost twice for a grand total of 17 turnovers on the year, which is a big number. Uh, Melvin Gordon has been just a, just a slightly above average running back, generally speaking. Melvin Gordon, the third. Austin Eckler, his numbers weren't that good until today. He just had that huge, huge, uh, huge, huge day today. That's for sure. And Keenan Allen's had the big numbers for many years. Mike, Mike Williams, Austin uh, Eckler putting up the numbers with receiving, but then uh, had some good running numbers throughout as well. He's been kind of a back and forth, kind of a hybrid player for the San Diego. I keep calling him San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers. Really picking up the receiving yards. Throughout uh, his, uh, he's much more of a receiving back than anything else. I mean, he is a heck of a weapon. He really is. He's a running back, but he gets more receiving yards than he gets on the ground. Uh, he's definitely an overall total yardage guy, is uh, Austin Eckler. And to think he was undrafted, uh, he was undrafted out of Western State, who not many people have heard of Western State, I'm sure. But uh, definitely quite the athlete, is Austin Eckler. <clears throat> so he's definitely somebody to worry about. The Vikings linebackers better be ready for this guy because you can expect some screen plays that could frustrate the crap out of us for those uh, key third downs, third and eight, third and five, plays like that. that end up burying you and costing you the game. Nice completion by Jared Goff there. Go Rams, yes. Anybody but Seattle pretty much. I hate Seattle. Hate Seattle. Good completion there. Good job. Boy, I'm kind of going back and forth on this one. I'm scared to death. This is probably the scariest game remaining, even though obviously Chicago and Green Bay are dangerous. But you're at home, and the Vikings generally protect home field against our division teams. We almost always beat Green Bay at home, almost always. In fact, they've never beaten us so far in U.S. Bank Stadium, but Rodgers has been hurt a couple times, and they had some awful seasons. But Rodgers is not the same guy. I think the Vikings are going to win both of those two games. If the Vikings can beat the bleeping Chargers 12-4, and four. here we come. We still might wind up with a sixth seed, but at least you're 12-4 and four and moving forward uh, with a good month of December. You have an undefeated month of December, you're going to feel damn good at the end of the day. Damn good. Uh, actually, it wouldn't be undefeated because the freaking Seahawks won right at the beginning. But, well, undefeated in the last four games anyway. Very busy month of December, <laughs> to say the least with that situation. Oh, my. Mm -mm. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to pick the Vikings to win this game. I think we're going to end that uh, 38-year drought on the road versus the Chargers. We'll just call them the Chargers because it's not in San Diego, obviously. It's in a weird place. Uh, They've not been the same since moving there, even though they did have a very good season last year after a horrible start. But ever since then, it has been quite a drop-off. Vikings need to take care of business and beat this team. Uh, it's, they've had impressive victories over the, the Bears and the Packers. Hopefully the Vikings can take care of business. You lose this game, well, maybe the LA Rams will catch us. And I, I hope not, but the possibility exists at that point, despite what happens. It's going uh, to go down to the wire if the Vikings lose this game. But uh, I think one way or another, I think this game is going to go down to the wire. But I do expect Dalvin Cook to have a very big game. Uh, this team does give up 110 yards on the ground. It's not spectacular numbers, but they're numbers. 110, you know, the best rush defenses give up like 75 yards a game, not 110. So you're going to see Delvin Cook. You're going to see, um, you're going to see Madison out there as well. Alexander Madison out there as well, getting his 50 yards or so and some of those screen plays as well. Uh, I do expect Delvin Cook to reach the century mark in this game, and I do expect him to get his. 14th, if not 15th, touchdown of the season in this game. Pray to God people stay healthy, protect the ball. Luckily, this team does not get a ton of turnovers, so I think that does help our chances big time. If this team was a turnover machine defensively, Vikings might be in big trouble, but that's probably why the Chargers aren't that good. They're only 4-8, and eight, or 5-8 and eight now, pardon me. Um, so that's the thing. If this is a turnover machine, kind of like they were last year, they were just a better overall team still a very good defense so they were a great defense a year ago and Philip Rivers is a little more on his game. I do expect the Vikings defense to play sound and to force some turnovers on Philip Rivers and I expect the Vikings to win the game something along the likes of 27-24 could go down to the wire but I think the Vikings pull this off 27-24. It's not a nooner in fact the very last game of the season is finally a nooner again versus the Bears. Otherwise you got to go it's one of the we're in the second half the 305 group. And then the next week after that is Monday night football. Again, I guess the Green Bay Packers. This was actually a Sunday night game, but we got flexed backwards into the second half, which is fine by me. At least I can get the show done on Sunday evening uh, one way or another, though at least the lawn service is over. I would be able to record on Monday morning again if that was the case. But I think the Vikings somehow, some way, get past this team. It's going to be a tough game. Hopefully guys can stay healthy, but it's going to be back and forth. But I do believe the Minnesota does pull this one out 27-24 in a pretty scary game. But you come out with a ten and four record and a very good chance of finishing twelve and four on the season. But that said, we'll be back for some fan interaction. <laughs> We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction at Purple Mafia Show. At Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account. We'll open with that. It's going to be a little quiet today. A little quiet because uh, what Matt Martin says here pretty much sums it all up. In fact, and here we go. We got Brent Jacobson opening things up with a picture of him in the security there U.S. Bank Stadium. Yes, sir. He works security for Viking Games. He does a great job. Brent Jacobson, the legend, the Hall of Famer for Purple Mafia. It says, Greetings to Purple Mafia show from inside U.S. Bank Stadium. Let's get the win today versus Detroit and here's hoping for a Redskins victory at Lambeau today. Skull Redskins almost did get it too. But they just stank. That's too bad. Now I'm kind of hoping the Rams beat Seattle because I just Seattle gets home field advantage. They're going to the Super Bowl. I don't want that. I don't want Seattle in the Super Bowl. I don't. I'd much rather see San Francisco than Seattle. I'd much rather see the Vikings I, and I think the Vikings could win in San Francisco by the way. Vikings going to Seattle for the for the NFC title game or something like that, second round, whatever. I don't like our chances. I'd rather play San Francisco and hope for the best. We might be able to beat that team. We might be able to be the team that upsets San Francisco. Should that come to it? Should things come to that? we'll, we'll see. Uh, Saints look ever upsettable at this point, but uh, well, epic battle between San Francisco and New Orleans. and San Francisco clearly the better team because they did it on the road in epic fashion. That was pretty exciting. Mad Martin, now again, uh, Brent Jacobson's out of the Lakeville area, kind of southeast of here, from my Golden Valley apartment here. And uh, Mad Martin from northern Scotland says, it was like let them back in, cousins, instead of come back, cousins. Yep, I see what he means when he says instead of come back, cousins. I threw that in. Uh, Hard to get into this game today. Don't see the Lions as a challenge. It was very hard to get into it today, as you can tell. Uh, The first... I found a way, though, to give you a decent game review. At least I, I hope so. I tried to find a way to do that. I ended up talking more this week than I had in other ways, which is surprising, because a lot of notable things did pop up, and, well, <clears throat> not playing Xavier Rhodes as much might give you chances against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers as well coming forward. So we'll we'll see what happens. Cool. I uh, agree with you there, though. I didn't see them as much of a challenge. At Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account. Do give that a follow we are now going to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show, and I will shout out to MN Vikings Haven as well, Trevor Wiggerin, the founder of that page, who's kind enough to allow me to post links to purple mafia show on that page. So I'm more than kind to uh, give him a shout out and recommend you to join that page, as a lot of you have in the past. That's good. Very cool. Uh, in game threads and other Vikings news. Do keep up with the purple mafia show page here as well, conversating about. In week news and of course in game threads and post game threads. Shannon Mayor Henry and there there she is. She says Skull Vikings. Uh, Sharon, I just said Shannon. I deeply apologize. Sharon Mayor Henry says Skull Vikings. Welcome aboard, Sharon. Welcome aboard. Cool. Leland Albertson. This is in the in game thread. Out of Iowa says division game. Hard hitting so far. Dropping like flies. Yep, all those injuries. Here's thankfully no purple and gold ones. Yep, just your Rhodes a bit with the ankle, but we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully he'll be okay. That's not always good. Brett McCarthy was saying nice defense, but we are playing the Lions. Brett McCarthy San. San now I'm going crazy with the San Diego South South Dakota. Yeah, SD San Diego. Ugh, thinking about the Superchargers. Celestar Thomas was very active today. Out of uh, originally out of South Carolina, lives in Hawaii. Cool. Brett McCarthy he says Brett McCarthy, you can only play who who's who's on your schedule, and yep, there's like I know, but the history of the Vikings. Make a rookie quarterback look like a superstar. I'm, I'm always afraid of that, but luckily the Vikings did not do that. Luckily they did not, but a, kind of a weak back and forth game, I thought. But McCarthy says, Happy Holidays, Skull, everyone. And I say again, Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah and Happy Kwanzaa to all of you out there as well. <laughs> happy Holidays is like a generalized thing, so I'll, I'll just say the real holidays. I guess it's either way is fine, though. I'm not mad at you for saying that, because I know that's basically what it is. You're just, you know, putting them all in one. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> uh, Brett McCarthy says, nice move by Madison. Yep. Oh, I love that guy. Mm-hmm. How can you not love Madison? Uh, Alexander Madison. He's a great player. He really is. I, I love him. Sebastian Barton. There he is. Out of Mankato says, the offense came out conservative. Didn't like that. Trying to be too cute. Second and one. And we try to screen. Very dumb. The penalties have been mind-numbing. I agree with that. <laughs> Praying... We don't see Slaughter. Yeah, that's right, because Kyle Slaughter is the Detroit's, uh, is he the third or fourth string quarterback? I mean, I guess third now, but he's like fourth string, technically, when you put it all together because of the, the Stafford injury, when you consider Stafford's number one. Because, well, Blow was kind of like number t- three, kind of, because Driscoll is basically supposed to be the backup, but Blow has been better so far, except not today. silverstar Thomas says, Can we stop playing 20 yards off, guys, and give up easy first downs? Amen. Amen, brother. That's really annoying. That's really annoying. Great comments by both of you guys there, Sebastian and Silestar. Thomas Brand Jake out of the security there says, I would have loved to get the shout out, but all in all, what matters most is we move on to 9 and 4. And damn right there. Kurt back out of uh, White Bear Lake. I knew there was a lake in there somewhere, right? He says, We should be clobbering these guys. And yeah, I, I know. Why is Boone in there, it says Brett McCarthy. Run fourth, run four and two. Mm-hmm. Run on fourth and two, and the Vikings did not get that one. Nope. Uh, Patriots sure struggled on fourth down today, too. Hunter having a good day. Three sacks already. Brett McCarthy, yep. Still a start. Thomas says need to step on their throat and win with another touchdown after the half. Yep, boy, I wish. Mark Carlson says listening when I can. Car shopping with the wife today. Sad face. Yep, oh, that does take up a lot of your time, but that's how it goes. It's, if it's the right day to do it, I'm surprised you can car shop on a Sunday, though. I thought it'd usually be Saturday, but uh, maybe they're open now. Brad McCarthy says, Mark Carlson, I feel sorry for you, LOL, I did it yesterday. Mark Carlson says, yeah, man, the wife's car was totaled on Thanksgiving evening. Ooh, I hope you found what you're looking for. This isn't where I want to be on Sunday. Oh, Mark, I'm sorry, man, That that sucks thing she's okay at least i hope she is right so let me know uh, i hope she's okay it sounds like it oh mm. that, that's that sucks that sucks that's no fun but sometimes sometimes it's like the sometimes even something you think it's like it's damaged but it doesn't look like it's total like in total nah and then it is because like the frame was damaged it's like oh crap and maybe the car is a little bit older it's a good car but it's a little on the older side so the value is lower and yeah, that's where the that whole totaling comes in, where the damage repair would cost more than the value of the car, so it's totaled. So hopefully it was something like that, nothing really scary. Brett McCarthy responds: says, Christmas shopping, I got a choice, Saturday or Sunday. I chose Saturday and went to eat. Went out to eat. Yep, during shopping, kind of a date day. That's good. And no, I get to and now I get to watch football. Good, good plan, Brett. Good plan and plan indeed there. Yep, he loved ham there. That would be uh." Ham on Rye. oh yeah, oh Ham on Rye himself, C.J. Ham, one of the better fullbacks we've ever had. I don't have to live with love him. Ah, that was cool. Twenty-five yard screen there, one-two punch of Cook and Madison. Yeah, Brett McCarthy, awesome. Brett McCarthy, very active. Carry on the show here, and in, in some ways, Silverstar Thomas was very active earlier as well. What an awesome job. Thank you, Brett McCarthy, for uh, hanging in there today. You're you're the best. Really cool. Really cool. Brett McCarthy, Silverstar Thomas, Mark Carlson getting things going. Hope you were able to get the car you wanted today, Mark. uh, Let me know how things turned out. Maybe if you could mention on the page or Facebook chat, whatever. Facebook uh, uh, direct message, whatever the heck. It'd be cool. So that was the in-game thread. We will now move to the post-game thread. I should check also and see if there's a... uh, what do they call those? Visitor posts to the page. It's always good to check. I feel horrible when I miss those because people take the time to post on the page and I don't even get to it. That's rude of me. Mark Carlson did on the 25th. I wonder if I read that one. I don't think I did. I'm going to read it. It was on the 25th, but I'll read it anyway. It's saying, Monday morning, morning, and I have the NFL channel on showing Packers 49ers highlights. Green Bay was destroyed by that hungry defense. Wow, I thought a Hot Pocket was some kind of a sandwich. (laughs) It was a Hot Pocket, all right, wasn't it, for uh, Mr. Rogers? Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. Okay, yeah, we all know. Post-game thread, but no, thank you. (laughs) I'm being silly. Celestar Thomas says, Breeze just took his team down the field when he absolutely had to. That's what makes some good quarterbacks, some quarterbacks good and great. Yep, at the end of the day. And luckily, Garoppolo. Yeah, Garoppolo. There we go. Celestar Thomas says, Wow, spoke too soon. Looks like the Saints will lose. And Brett McCarthy says they did. Yep, and well, Garoppolo took his team down the field and George Kittle made a great play. And uh, Marcus Williams kind of choked again. He got beat on an embarrassing play, too. Big-time play down the field uh, to to number 17 in San Francisco there. Marcus Williams fell down. Poor guy. I mean, I I feel for him. I can only imagine how uh, that guy's probably got a lot of stuff in his head ever since the Minneapolis miracle. Was looked on to be a pretty good safety in the NFL. And he got torched today by by, uh, Garoppolo and the Niners. Torched. And, uh, of course, George Kittle, made him not look too good. You know, if you're going to tackle a guy, tackle him. Why are you yanking and pulling on... Uh, why are you doing that? Why are you yanking and pulling on his face mask? It just doesn't make any sense. So, stupid, stupid. The the grill, of course, of the, uh, the helmet. I didn't understand it. Tony Coleman, South Dakota, the legend, says, I wish we had seen a shot out, but I'm certainly not complaining. This is a game the Vikes should have won, so I'm glad they did. Fewer penalties leads to better scoring and better defense. Good job to the Purple on that. And, yeah, fewer penalties in the second half you, right? That first half got silly, didn't it? Love the uh, Santa Claus hat there, Tony Coleman, out of South Dakota. A couple of South Dakota legends there, Tony Coleman and Brett McCarthy. Brett McCarthy says, all right game, did what they had to to win. And, yes, I see it that way, too, an, an all right game. Leland out of Iowa. He's also a legend. Yup, putting up some numbers here. Love it when he does that the offense put up 354 yards on t- 22 first downs and 22 first downs passed for 244 242 yards and rushed for another 121 yeah that is good solid all around performance in a division battle we travel this week to the west coast then end the year for the last two games at home we need a packers loss but unfortunately the packers have the bears yep mm, yep us and then the lions Yep, the bears, us, and the lions. Oof! Yeah, all in the division, and they are three and zero in the division for the tiebreaker. Sings all I want for Christmas is a home playoff game. Me too. All I, all I want for Christmas is a home playoff game. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Vikings home playoff game. I hope they can get it too. I hope they. I hope they can too. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. All right. Five sacks, two interceptions. Nice to see the defense making plays again. God, yes, amen. I know it's a lowly Lions team they were playing, but that's a real confidence booster moving forward. Cousins and the offense did what they needed. Exactly. Let's build some momentum over the next few weeks, and hopefully we can make some noise in the playoffs. Skull brothers and sisters of Purple Mafia, Thank you, tonight out of New Zealand. We continue to Sebastian Barton, again out of Mankato, says, As my grandpa used to say, a win is a win. No one cares how you win. In the off season, they just wanted the CWs. Yep, just like the Patriots. Nobody's complaining about, uh, you know, that it was a very unentertaining un- game. In fact, it was the lowest-rated Purple Mafia Super Bowl probably ever because it was a very boring game. But Patriots still got the ring. They still won a championship. They scored when they had to. They finally put together a scoring drive and that ended up being the dagger for the Los Angeles Rams. Now we get to play the Los Angeles Charges next week, and I do have the Vikings winning 27-24. The stars of this week, oh my, oh my, oh my. Well, I gotta give it to two people for the gold this week. Two people. They're gonna go to Solistar Thomas and Brett McCarthy. You guys, just an awesome job there in the in-game threads. Keeping things rolling. Thank you so much. Loved what you did there. Silver Star, gonna go to Tanae and Leland in the post game. Thank you guys so much for what you had to say there. Tanae and Leland getting the Silver Star at the end of the day bronze stars are going to go to Brent Jacobson Brent Jacobson and Tony Coleman and I got to give another one to got to give another one to Sebastian with some cool posts as well and again just telling it like it is very cool, very cool. Thanks again guys for being a part of things and again Mark Carlson, hope everything's okay with your wife there with the car and uh, hope you were able to get a new one and New on, new used, whatever choice you go with, and hopefully you're happy with what you're able to bring home, and that ends up being a better car than the one you had at the end of the day. Hopefully, um, hopefully the Vikings can keep this uh, momentum rolling. It sucks that we lost to Seattle. Just imagine if the Vikings beat Seattle, we might be 13 and three, 13 and freaking three. It's a possibility, possibility. 12 and four, even if you lose to the Chargers or whatever. Hopefully you don't lose to the Chargers or the Packers. Pray to God, you don't lose to the Bears either. I think the Vikings can beat the Bears, but that's, that's not going to be that easy of a game. It's not. The Bears are not easy very often. Whenever their defense is good, they're really difficult to play against. They really are. I mean, when the, there's just an aura to that Bears team. When the defense is good in Chicago, they are one of the toughest teams to beat, particularly for the Vikings. Green Bay is all about the offense and the Brett Favre, Van Dier, and Rogers era. the last 30 years now we talked about 20 years it's pretty much 30 now because 92 is a long time ago ah uh, i'll never there's something special about that 91 92 christmas i don't know what it is i just loved it even 92 93 was really memorable but 91 92 i just keep coming back to that one for some reason it was just a special time and even you know and that year was not a very good year for me in fact i was one of the least popular kids in my class that year for some reason the next year it was way better way more popular for some reason. I don't know. People were just nicer, I guess. They kind of got their heads out of you know where and were friendlier. That's kind of what it was. Sometimes you get you move up a little bit from elementary to the middle school and you get your head way up your ass so high because for whatever reason you just got this ego now, which I don't know why you'd have an ego for that. Same with high school, but uh people change, they get better, they go sometimes they go they get worse and then they kind of wake up and realize, yeah, I don't need to be like that. And uh, that's what took place then. But uh, for some reason, that was a memorable, memorable Christmas. And, of course, there's Christmases of the, the, the 80s I'll never forget. God, especially, like, way back, 84, 85. For some reason, that one is probably the most special of all. Uh, it's so long ago, though. I got my first little clock, and we had those sweet things on the tree that used to bubble, like they'd heat up and bubble. Uh, for what I mean, that year was the greatest ever. But I think the ninety-one, ninety-two was like second, third, somewhere around there. And I look at the tree right now next to me. This this one has it doesn't have LED lights, and if they are LED, they're the most hidden LED lights I've ever seen. I don't like LED Christmas lights. I like the standard halogen or whatever you call it. They're, they give out an aura. There's a charm to these that'll never be matched because they actually light up the room. LED lights look brighter, but then when you turn the lights off. They're not brighter. They're far from brighter. They just they just slice at your eyes. That's what they do. LED lights are like lasers. They slice your eyes open. But you know, just like on the road, they just boom. They they they're like a direct laser shot, basically right at your eyeballs. Where halogens, they 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 go all over. You know, it spreads. It just it kind of spreads, and it looks beautiful. And that's what that's what this tree that I'm sitting next to does for me. That that's what it does. I, I just love it. It, it still has that old effect from back in the day that uh, it's a charm that can never be matched. It can't be because very few trees have that classic old light uh, scheme on them. Luckily, they still make that, that style because I only got this tree like a year ago. Of course, unfortunately, it is a fake tree because this is an apartment and they're not going to allow real trees in apartments. Uh, my parents have a beautiful uh, fraser, though. Oh, I helped uh, go get that at Menards, believe it or not. Thing turned out to be an absolute gem. Absolute gem. Nothing beats real trees, but this "quote unquote" fake tree is, is hitting the spot pretty nicely in, a, in an apartment, despite the noisy, annoying people upstairs. That I just oofda, uh, you know, just just put oofed up in front of that word and leave it alone. Uh, it brings a charm that uh, I will always appreciate. Because unfortunately, my parents have LED, and they didn't choose it. That's just the way it is. Some of those halogens they get old and they die, and that's probably why LEDs are around because they don't die as easily that's what it is it's you know they they conserve less energy and they they live longer in fact they live downright forever pretty much LED lights but I don't know I'll take halogen any day I like the old style man I like the old style because it brings back memories that uh, last a lifetime they last a lifetime I'll still remember the 92 Christmas 91, 92 when I'm 92 91, 92 years old same with the 84 once the memory's there it's not going away if it's still there when I'm 40 years old now, it ain't going away. So I don't know. I just, I don't know what even drug me into that thought. Just probably just looking at it. And uh, as we head to the end of the show here, um, I'll give out some contact details a quick uh, as well here for uh, joining the show with your voice, like Man Martin can do at times. I hope he does again. I miss it, especially as we head into the postseason, because there will be a playoff game, at least one, hopefully. Hopefully three or four, that'd be great, depending on how things go. Yeah, (laughs) four playoff games, that's a wild card all the way to the Super Bowl. Three, maybe a a first-round buy all the way to the Super Bowl or NFC Championship game. Uh, We'll see what happens. I want to go all the way, man. But uh, to do that, simply use the built-in application on any smart device on the planet, voice recording application, just click record, start talking, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, save it. And then email it to email slash send it to paladino live at yahoo.com. Paladino live at com. I will then convert it into an MP3 file just like I did today with an uh, 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 audio clip I was trying to use for uh, future sound bites. I downloaded a whole episode of the Courtside podcast and uh, cut out a piece of it because it was really funny. Where Vinrock Vince Germano was calling Mike Dantoni a peanut, as I like to say in Australia, peanut as in peanut brain, like his brain's tiny. As I, I love, oh, I love Australians so much. And, of course, New Zealanders as well. Love you all, guys, Iowa, Iowa and locally. But I'm just saying, love those Australians and, and New Zealanders. You guys are just the greatest. Yeah, I love it. Uh, very good sense of humor and all that. But, no, um, I will then change it over with those websites, zamzar or converto.com into an mp3 file. Then I can edit it, or, well, not edit it, but put it into the editing software, delete things off for the fan interaction segment like I like to do whenever there is a call-in. So Brent Jacobson, if you're listening, how you'd like to call into that number in the past, that uh, 736-7877, that one, Um, that one's no longer around. We're going to go to the uh, audio submission route, which you could do on your phone anytime. It's easier. And once you email it to me, because you just personally email it to me, I'm going to get it right away, just like that. You don't have to worry about it going to somebody else and then that's somebody sending it to me like it was before. So Brent Jacobson, if you are listening, which I believe you are, hopefully, do that again if you could. Yeah, yeah, like uh, go go, go that route if you can. Uh, and, of course, uh, Mad Martin, Ken A. Brown, Mark Carlson, Gerald String, who I didn't hear from this week, must have been busy. It happens, guys. Get busy, boy. Gerald String out of Nebraska. Celestart Thomas, it would be great to hear from you that way. Uh, Sebastian, pardon any of you Brett McCarthy, I could go on forever you guys are the greatest ever man that's why I keep doing the show, that's why I keep doing it if you guys weren't around, I would have quit I would have quit and just been much more casual just watching games and ah, this game sucks, I'm going to go for a walk (laughs) that type of thing but when I'm doing a podcast, I ain't going to say ah, this game sucks, I'm going for a walk I got to see what's going to happen see if there's any blow ups on the sidelines or guys get hurt or whatever it is, with that said which all of you to, uh, continued enjoying uh, enjoyable uh, Christmas season, holiday season, Christmas season. I'm going to call it the Christmas season because to me that's just what it is. But again, those of you that maybe support, you know, Hanukkah season, Kwanzaa season, hope you all are doing well as well. God bless you, and we will talk to you next week. We're hopefully the Vikings are ten and four.